place, both criminals were taken along with him for execution. When they got to the place called Skull Hill, they crucified him along with the criminals, one on his right and the other on his left. Jesus prayed, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they are doing. Dividing up his clothes, they threw dice for them. The people stood there staring at Jesus, and the ringleaders made faces taunting him. He saved others. Let him, let's see him save himself, the Messiah of God. Ha! The chosen one. The soldiers also came up and poked fun at him, making a game of it. They toasted him with sour wine. So your king of the Jews, save yourself. Printed over him was a sign, this is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals hanging alongside cursed him. Some Messiah you are, save yourself, save us. But the other one made him shut up. Have you no fear of God? You're getting the same as him. We deserve this, but not him. He did nothing to deserve this. Then he said to Jesus, remember me when you enter your kingdom. He said, don't worry, I will. Today you will join me in paradise. It's more difficult, isn't it, when you're just coming up and down than when you're doing it all, don't you find? You just get right nervous out there, sat there, waiting. And uh, by the time you get up here, you're petrified. Yeah. But anyways, it is nice to be around. And um, I, I thought that this morning we would look at this story that we read earlier on, uh, just a little while ago. Um... And uh, the words of Jesus in particular, uh, when he says, Assuredly, I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. Assuredly, I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. These words, of course, came as a reply to a criminal who said to Jesus, Lord, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. You know, my memory is not too good these days. I don't know about yours. I get to the top of our stairs and forgot what I've gone up for. I was telling a friend of mine about this. He said, don't worry about that. He said, it's when you get halfway up the stairs, turn round and find yourself back in the living room and wonder what you're doing there, that you have to start and worry. I haven't quite got there yet, but it's not as good as it used to be, my memory. But you know, when it comes to to our faith, there is something that, that we can always remember, isn't there? We remember a time when we come to faith in Christ. Yeah? We remember that day. For, t- for, some of it, for some of us, we can remember a time and a date. And it's wonderful. And we can point to him and we say, that is the time that I accepted Christ as my saviour. To others of us, it happened over a period of time. And it, and it took a while to get going. But there is a time that we can say, yes, Jesus became my Savior. There was a time 
when I was in darkness and now I'm in light. There was a time when I was blind, but now, now I can see. Isn't that right? You know, I remember when I was at school. I weren't particularly good at sums. I used to hate long division. I thought they were terrible until I got to secondary school and we did fractions. And could I do fractions? Hmm. No. You know, my desk used we're right at front of class for some reason. And the teacher's desk right opposite my desk. And we'd been doing fractions on the board like you do. And he'd gone through them, you know, a time or two. Or three or four or whatever it were, he'd gone through them. And then he, he said to us as a class, get on with him. And everybody were writing. I weren't. Or not so much, I think I did three. And he sat there and, he's, and I could tell he was looking at Because you, you can feel when people's eyes are on you, can't you? And he said to me, he said, Graham, are you struggling with them? I said, yes, sir. And he came around and he sat next to me. Not a pleasant experience, is it? No. And, and he said, well, that one's right and that one's right. He said, but there's no working out, is there? You've done them in your head, haven't you? I said, yeah. He said, and this other one's right as far as it goes. What's the problem? So I don't know. I can't do them. And so he showed me how to do it. He said, do you understand me? He explained the whole thing. Huh? Clear as mud. And he could tell it was. So he went through it again. And again. And again. And again. And again. And eventually, you know, I started to see it. And he could see that I'd started to see it. And so he did it again. And again. And I got it. And he said, now do you understand? I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he did another one. And another. And it got to a point where I was nearly ripping the pen out of his hand because I realized the sun. It were, it were, it were like a, the day dawning. I don't know how to do. I was reading in the Bible reading this morning. It took me back to, um, to, to to that time that Jacob was, you know, over the other side of the river, and his brother was waiting for him, and he wrestled with God that night. And Jacob called the place Peniel because it was there that he saw the face of God. And there's one verse that says, "And the sun rose up over Peniel." I think what a wonderful, what a wonderful description that is of coming to know God, isn't it? The sun rising up. Because that's what happens in it. What happened to me doing fractions. I knew, I knew how to do it. And you know, it's the same with God in it. It might be difficult to explain and to put into words. But there's that moment, isn't there, in our lives when we remember. that It can't be taken away from us, can it? It's so real. Sometimes for some of us it's dramatic. To others, not quite so. But the one thing about it is this. It is a real experience of a living God, isn't it? Reaching into our lives and taking us from darkness and putting us into light. What a marvelous experience it is.
And so it was that Jesus said to this thief on a cross, Today, assuredly, I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. Let us consider this situation. Now, Matt, um, I'm indebted to Warren Wearsby this morning a little bit because I want to take one of the out, like, in his commentaries, he has little commentaries and he has little booklets that he, has, that he releases and there's thousands of sermon outlines, so I'll pinch one this morning. And um, so we see Jesus this morning hanging between two thieves, two criminals, two brigands. Firstly, what does it to uh, it fulfills Old Testament prophecy. For it's in Isaiah chapter 53, verse 12, that it says that he will be numbered amongst transgressors. It was part of God's plan all along. He was in control of everything that was going on. And these two thieves were right there. They saw all that was going on. They heard all that was going on. And they were able to look at one another. They were told that it was Jesus that was crucified in the middle of them. And as they looked across at one another, they would see him. They would hear him speak. What did they see? Well, they saw Jesus hanging on a cross and a sign above his head that said, Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. It's Wearsby that said, this is possibly the first gospel tract that was ever, ever written. Written by Pilate. Here was Jesus, the outcast. No good thing. Can any good thing come from Nazareth? Despised and rejected. And yet indeed king of the Jews. His kingdom wasn't a kingdom they were looking for or even expected. It was a kingdom of love. A heavenly kingdom. An eternal kingdom. All there in a sign that Pilate put above his head. What did they hear? Well, they heard a number of things, didn't they? They heard the first words of Jesus. They heard him say, Father, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. They heard the, the, they heard the religious rulers walk by and, and, and say to Jesus mockingly, he saved others, but he can't save himself. <laughs> Come on, get down. 
He heard the soldiers say, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. Save yourself. But God, God had a plan. Jesus wasn't there to save himself. For Jesus came to give his life a ransom for many. A ransom for many. He gave his life that we might know life and life in all its fullness. And these two thieves had access to Jesus. One of them, oh, he he remained hard till the very end. He mocked Jesus saying, yeah, come on, save yourself and save us as well. But the other, he was different. He acknowledged God. He acknowledged God. He said to his friend, do you not even fear God? He He alone realized that he was in the presence of God. There with Christ upon the cross, the chosen one of God. He realized his guilt. He said, for we receive full reward for the deeds that we have done. We deserve what we're getting. He knew that he'd done wrong. And he confessed it to his fellow thief. And Jesus, in the hearing of Jesus... This man, he says, this man, he has done nothing wrong. Nothing. And so it was that we have this wonderful prayer of this man. This thief upon a cross who says, remember me. Lord, remember me. Probably never prayed before. Probably never had the occasion to. Or the desire. But he, that day, had an appointment. An appointment with Almighty God in Christ Jesus. And he saw And he realized for the very first time his sinfulness in the presence of God. And there he confessed. We've done, we deserve what we're getting for the wrong things that we've done. And he turns to Christ and says, remember me. 
and his prayer. It was heard. It was answered. <laughs> and what a wonderful answer. What a great, marvelous this, isn't it? This thief upon a cross. Jesus says, Assuredly. Assuredly. I say to you that today you will be with me in paradise. Saved by the grace of God through faith. The faith of this man. A, faith, a prayer of faith by a man who knew nothing of it. But on that moment, we took it and claimed Jesus as his saviour, as his Lord. It was the prayer of a dying sinner to a dying saviour. Was it not? Yes, saved by grace, through faith. His good works certainly weren't going to get him there. He couldn't earn it. Too late for that. He couldn't buy it. And nor can we. We can neither earn nor buy a salvation. It's God's gift. God's gift of grace to each and every one of us. God's riches at Christ's expense. That's what grace is all about. Shown to each and every one of us to be received through faith with thanksgiving. Assuredly, he said, be assured. It's a sure and certain thing, you know. Because Jesus said, I go, I go, and when I go, I go to prepare a place for you. And there'll be a day when I come again, and I'll take you to that place. You can be sure. You can be sure of that. There's nothing more certain. Our inheritance is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And he'll never let us go. He'll never let us go. Once we put our hand in his, he will never let us go. Oh, there may be times when we try to get free. You know, I remember many a time when I used to pick our children up from school. They used to go to Thornfield in Waterfall, and I used to go across for them because they only used to work part-time. Post office, you know, you finished at one. And I used to get there, and I'd come back, and we'd be going across Booth Road, and I'd say, oh, my hand. And when they were little, they'd hold me hand and we walk across the road and all was well. But you know, as they got a little bit older, you know, you'd get this, hold me hand. And you'd be holding their hand and they'd be going, <coughs> you, you know, trying to get up. And they, <coughs> but I weren't letting go. No way. You see, because the road was dangerous, far more dangerous than they realized, you know. 
letting go because I knew better. You know, the same applies to us when we put our hand in God's. So often, isn't it the case that we try and do it our own way and we try and wait. You want we're going like this, but you know God ain't going to let go. He's not going to let go. He'll never. He'll never let us go. Never. Isn't that wonderful? Sometimes he seems far away, but it's not because he's let us go. He'll never let us go. Yeah, I've nearly done. Yeah, I've nearly done, yeah. (laughs) You know, his spirit takes up residence in our lives, bringing his love and his joy and his peace and his patience, kindness and goodness. His presence brings his assurance and reassurance that Jesus is with us day by day. Hour by hour, moment by moment. The salvation that he brings is a personal one. He said, I say to you, assuredly I say to you, he said to the thing, to you. You know, when I was a little lad, we were always encouraged to, to learn verses of Scripture. The one that we, that we learned, is one that everyone learns, is that wonderful verse in John Verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believes on him should not perish but have eternal life. And you know, I was always encouraged, along with so many others, to put my name in there. For God so loved Graham. You know, did were you? It makes it personal, doesn't it? It makes it personal. Oh, a little boy, uh, uh, there were a missionary, they were in China, and this, this little boy used to go to the meetings day after day after day, as so many, and, and each of them were given uh, a, an old testi- a new testament. A new testament. And this little boy, he went home and he read his new testament, and he came back one day and he was so thrilled, and he, and he was jumping up and down, and he said, what's to do? He said, I found my name, it's in the Bible. You must be mistaken. He said, it is, it is, it is, I've seen it. He said, well, what's your name? He said, it's Law. Law? He said, well, where is it in the Bible? And he turned to Matthew chapter 28 and it says, Luke, it says there, Law, I am with you always. Even to the ends of the earth. Law, I am with you always. It's the same for you and me. From you and me. It's a personal salvation. And it is for you and, and me. It's for us now. He said, Today, today you, you will feast with today. Not tomorrow, today. Not, you will be with me. Today. Tomorrow never comes. It's today. Tomorrow in Australia. Now. Today. But they call it today. No, there may never be a tomorrow. Don't delay. The thief, he left it to the last gasp. But for him, 
It was his only gasp, if you know what I mean. It was his only opportunity. It was when his opportunity came along. For us, it isn't always like that, hopefully. We can't leave it till the last possible moment because we don't know when that will be. Procrastination is my sin. It brings me naught but sorrow. I know that I would stop it. In fact, I will tomorrow. <laughs> we mustn't put it off to, till tomorrow. We don't know what God has planned for us for the rest of today. His plan might not go till tomorrow. It's in Christ. Our salvation is in Christ Jesus. Jesus died that we might live. It was love that put him on that cross. It was love that kept him there, not nails. He paid the price for our sin. There was no other good enough to pay the price of sin. He only could unlock the gate of heaven and let us in. Oh, what a wonderful Saviour we've got, have we not? And he came to bring us his salvation. Yeah. You know, there's, um, there was a newspaper ad that read like this. It was about a lost dog. Lost dog, 50 pound reward. Black and tan of poodle and German shepherd descent. <laughs> Flea bitten, left hind leg missing, no hair on rump, blind and recently neutered. Answers to the name of Lucky. <laughs> and how lucky he was, wasn't he? How lucky he was. Because someone was prepared to buy him back. Fifty pounds. You know, you look around at you and me, and we're a bit like that dog, aren't we? Look at our lives and we see what they are. When we see them in the light of what Scripture teaches us, they don't add up to very much, do they? Maybe a lot less than Lucky the dog, but do you know how fortunate we are, how lucky we are, that our God and our Creator sought to come and to buy us back. To buy us back. And the price was far more than 50 quid. It cost him everything. He gave his everything for us. For you and for me. That we might enjoy his love forever. And what did we do? Well, we stuck him on a cross and we nailed him there. And you know, it's, it's left with this most wonderful, wonderful sign, isn't it? Where Jesus, his arms outstretched, says to the whole of the world, You, you were forgiven. Accept my salvation. 
Come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come to me. Enjoy my salvation. What are we to do if we neglect your greater salvation? What are you going to do with Jesus? Choice is yours. Let's pray. Almighty Father, we do indeed praise and thank you for all that you did for us in Christ Jesus. We thank you, gracious Lord, that by faith in, in Jesus and all that he did, that we can know you and have a relationship and a friendship with you that is beyond all our comprehension. And Lord, we praise and we thank you that, you, that your love fills us and thrills us each day until that day that we are called again to be with you forever. Oh Lord, we pray that you will be near to us as we leave this place today. And gracious Lord, we would ask Lord, that you would grant us all that we require to share this wonderful gospel of love with those that we meet. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.